0: I wonder if you know who this person is. It's Moana! (laughs) Perhaps you've seen the movie. Has everyone seen the movie Moana? Oh, it's a wonderful movie. I'm basically obsessed with the soundtrack. I listen to it all the time. I play it for George, aka myself. So, this is Moana. She is a Disney princess. I'm not sure if you know this. She's the daughter of the village chief and she lives on an island called Motunui I'm sure I said that wrong but this, these people who live on this island, they're descended from voyages, so they used to go out and they used to go and explore all of the other islands around, around them, it's, this, it's a mythical place but I believe it's in like the South Pacific or something like that don't quote me on that <laughs> So she's descended from voyagers, and they they used to go out and find all these amazing new places, but that's not the case now. So the island that she lives on, Motunui, is starting to run out of resources. So the coconuts on the trees are dying and they can't catch any fish. You can imagine this islander life that's going on. And if you've seen the movie, you don't need to imagine it. So Moana, Disney princess, she has so much opportunity placed in front of her. She is the daughter of the village chief and one day she is going to be chief. A lady is going to be chief, which is really cool. It's just, so it's just her and her mum and dad. She doesn't have any brothers or sisters. And she goes about her life and people are asking her for solutions and she's just giving answers left, right and centre. She's like, what about this? Do this, try this. Amazing. She's going to be... An amazing chief one day. She is born for this role. She really is. She's an impressive Disney princess. And her father, well, he wants to teach her the family business and he, he wants to keep her safe on the island. Because as I said, they used to be voyagers, but now they're not. That's important. So he wants to keep her safe on this island, doing what she was born to do. But Moana, she's drawn to the water. And she doesn't actually know why. She doesn't know why she's drawn to the water. It's this dichotomy that exists in her life. She wishes she could be the perfect daughter and do what she's supposed to do, staying on the land, learn from her father how to be chief. And I think she knows that she's good at it. She knows that she could be a really good chief. This is what she's born to do. But she's drawn to the water and what's outside of the island. She's drawn to the opportunity that the water presents, and she's aware of this nagging dissatisfaction inside of her. The song she sings says this, I can lead with pride, I can make us strong. I'll be satisfied if I play along, but the voice inside sings a different song. What is wrong with me? What's wrong with me, she's asking. And I wonder if you've ever felt something like this. If you've ever felt like maybe you have an opportunity in front of you and it's something that you feel that you're really good at, you feel like, well, this could be the thing. But for whatever reason, it doesn't quite feel right. It doesn't quite feel like you think maybe it's supposed to feel. Maybe like Moana, you're wondering, what's, what's wrong with me? Maybe you're wondering why. Why is this the case? And I want to say that actually Jesus had a really similar problem to this. He had a very similar problem. We're going to go to Mark chapter 1 today. From verse 35. It says, Jesus preaches in Galilee. Before daybreak the next morning, Jesus got up and went out to an isolated place to pray. Later, Simon and the others went out to find him. When they found him, they said, everyone's looking for you. But Jesus replied, we must go on to other towns as well, and I will preach to them too. That is why I came. So he traveled throughout the region of Galilee, preaching in the synagogues and casting out demons. So here we have the disciples couldn't understand why Jesus just left. Why did he go? And he left suddenly and for no apparent reason because there were still sick people waiting to be healed. If you read just before this in verse 32, it says this, that evening after sunset, many sick and demon-possessed people were brought to Jesus. The whole town gathered at the door to watch. So Jesus healed many people who were sick With various diseases, and he cast out many demons. So here's the thing: Jesus is doing something really good. He's healing people. This is what he's doing. And can you imagine in that time being a sick person and hearing that there's someone who can heal you? That would be pretty amazing, right? I imagine it it wasn't anything like what we have today. We can't just pop down to the hospital. They couldn't just pop down to the hospital like we can. So they're basically just grabbing for anything they can get their hands on. And if they've heard that Jesus can heal them, they're like, yes, I will be there. The whole town gathers to watch this happen because it's this phenomenon. It's not normal, right? It's not normal to have someone who could come around and heal people. No wonder everyone was there. But, and perhaps this is a little bit difficult... Jesus reminds them that that's not the main reason why he came. While it was actually a very good thing that he could do, it's not the main reason why he came. He says, we must go into other towns as well and I will preach to them also. That's why I came. So Jesus came primarily to preach the gospel so that people should repent and believe in him. And when the crowds of sick people gathered around him you can imagine that it was difficult to do that it was difficult to preach the gospel because the immediate need in front of him was so great because he's like he's like a famous person who can't go anywhere without people following them or without people taking pictures or whatever it is he can't he literally could not go anywhere but healing people wasn't the main reason why he came And so he and his disciples actually had to leave some sick people behind. They had to leave them behind and go on further. And if we read on from verse 40, it says this, Jesus heals a man with leprosy. A man with leprosy came and knelt in front of Jesus, begging to be healed. He said, if you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean, he said. Moved with compassion, Jesus reached out and touched him. He said, I am willing. Be healed. Instantly, the leprosy disappeared and the man was healed. Then Jesus sent him on on his way with with a stern warning. Don't tell anyone about this. Instead, go to the priest and let him examine you. Take along the offering required in the law of Moses for those who have been healed of leprosy. This will be a public testimony that you have been cleansed. But the man went and he spread the word, proclaiming to everyone what had happened. As a result, large crowds soon surrounded Jesus, and he couldn't publicly enter a town anywhere. He had to stay out in the secluded places. But people from everywhere kept coming to him. So have you noticed that Jesus often told people not to tell other people that they'd been healed? You now I kind of have wondered why this was for a while. And you know the reason is this, is because he didn't want to be followed by everyone everywhere wanting to be healed. It made it impossible for him to go anywhere, but... Even more importantly, it made it impossible for him to fulfill his mission. Can you see these two things going on here? Where Jesus could heal people, but he came to seek and save the lost, on the other hand. You know, I imagine if you or I had the power to heal somebody, and a sick person came to us, and we were able to say, in the name of Jesus, be healed, we would do it wouldn't we? It would be very difficult if you knew you had the power to not do that. But we also know that from the Gospels it says that Jesus, it costs him power to heal people. It costs him power. And that's not what he needed to use his energy for. And Jesus had plenty of opportunity to heal people. But it's not what he needed to use his power for. Do you remember when Jesus was tempted in the wilderness? For 40 days and for 40 nights, he didn't drink anything, and he was compelled by the Spirit to go there and to be tempted by Satan for 40 days. Mark's Gospel has a really short account in verse 12 and 13 of chapter 1. But basically, Satan tempts Jesus by offering him all the power in the world. But Jesus refuses. And it says the angels took care of him while he was there. Now when we come to verse 35 of Mark chapter 1 where it says that Jesus got up and went out to an isolated place to pray, this is what he's doing again. He's going away. He's going to that wilderness place again. He knows that he has to go there so that he can be in the same way ministered to by angels and that he can be with his father. If we look deep into these two stories, actually, the fact that Jesus is being, is healing people and can and his success at doing so is actually a continuation of this temptation that he's been offered by Satan. He has so much power, and he can use it in so many ways. And perhaps this is a little bit difficult to stomach because Jesus is known as a healer. This is what he does, you know. But he didn't come just to heal people's bodies. He came to heal deeper, to go down deeper into their souls. He came to seek and save the lost, as Luke 19 tells us. So there's these two things going on. He can heal, or he can seek and save the lost. And one is a distraction from the other, from what his true purpose is. And this is, where, this is where the rubber hits the road. So how does Jesus know this? How does he know what he's supposed to be doing? How does he know that that is his main purpose? Because he stays connected to his purpose because of that verse where it says he goes out to an isolated place to pray, because he spent time in isolation, because he needed a space where he could be aware of the presence of God. You can imagine that if there were lots of people around him, it would have been very loud. There would have been a lot of things grabbing at his attention. So he needed to go away and spend time in the wilderness place with God. He needed to shut out all the noise focus in on what was actually truly important so that he could have the strength to use his power for what his true purpose was. So my question to us today then is this. Do you have that awareness in your life? Do you have that wilderness place in your life? That place where where you can go. And do you have an awareness of the opportunities in your life? Maybe you're presented with multiple opportunities. Do you have an awareness of which one you're supposed to be taking or which one God wants you to take? Do you want that awareness in your life as well? That's my question. And you might be thinking, how am I supposed to know? (laughs) How am I supposed to know what opportunities God wants me to be taking? How am I supposed to know that? Because I think there's so many things that we could be doing, right? There's so many things that we could be putting our attention into and our time into and our strength into. And there's so many things that are really good to be putting our time and strength into, Right? It's good to go to work. It's good to pay your mortgage. It's good to eat food. You know, there's so many good things that we could be doing. But how do we know what the right thing is? How do we know what God wants us to be doing? How do we know what we're supposed to be spending our energy on? In the case of Moana, What does she do? She discovers why she feels so drawn to the sea. So she finds this secret place where all the boats from the voyaging have been hidden away because her dad has hidden away any semblance of this happening. And she finds her purpose there. She knows and she discovers that she was meant for more than just being on the island. And she finds the reason for her dissatisfaction in that place. So she goes on out into the water on this crazy adventurous journey of finding herself and, you know, she has that Les miserable moment of, who am I? I'm Moana. This is my purpose. She finds her purpose. So, do you have that awareness in your life? Do you want that awareness in your life of what God wants you to be doing? If you're anything like me, there are so many things that could be taking my attention at any point in time. As a young mum, there is so much washing to be done. There's so many nappies to be changed. There are so many, many demands on my time that there are never enough hours in the day to do everything that I need to be doing. And there's so many things that I could be doing but what's actually, what's, what am I supposed to be doing? Maybe you find this dichotomy in your life, this tension between things that are good and things that are right, I suppose. Things that are good and things that are from God. Because these are two different things. And I wonder if you're pulled in different directions like Jesus was. I wonder if you're wondering whether what you're doing is enough. And I wonder if you're aware of what God wants you to be doing in life. Because God does want you to be doing something. But what is it? And I'm not here to say that we, have a, we all have a grand purpose like Jesus did of healing people or we all have a grand purpose of going out and saving our islands or whatever it is because I think that can be profoundly unhelpful sometimes. But I do know this, that we all have a God-given purpose. And what is yours? What awareness do you have of yours? I'm going to invite the worship team up now. See, we may not all be called to save humanity. We may not all be called to go and save our people from destruction. But what we are invited to do, though, is sit in that wilderness place with God and find find our place, find our calling, find the reason for the dissatisfaction that we feel. to, To... lean into that feeling of frustration and to draw strength from the presence of God. I can imagine Jesus was probably pretty frustrated by the amount of people around him because it took away from what he needed to do, from what God was calling him to do. And that's the key is going into that place of isolation for whatever reason. Isolation just helps us to be apart from all the noise and gives us the perspective, the awareness of God and the spirit that we need in our lives. And I can't tell you what the answer to your dissatisfaction is. I can't tell you what it is you're supposed to be doing. But I guarantee you God can. I guarantee you that in that moment, in that, if you can go into that place, into that secluded, that isolated place that God will make you aware of what it is you're supposed to be doing, of what he wants you to be doing. And maybe for some of us this morning, it's been a while since we've felt that awareness. It's been a while since we've felt the Holy Spirit with us in that moment. Perhaps you feel pulled in a thousand different directions and there's no quiet time. There's no quiet time for your brain. just provide a little bit of that awareness this morning I want to provide a space where we can go into that place a little bit we've already been there a little bit this morning with Shell that beautiful song But we're going to create some of that awareness this morning create it in the sense that I'm going to invite you to go there with me I'm going to invite you to just become aware of God in this moment so perhaps wherever we're sitting, whether at home or in the building, we can just take a moment to take a breath. In and out. And to quiet ourselves before the Lord. Father, you are here with us. Grant us an awareness of you right now. Your spirit rest on every person in this building and watching online at home. Holy Spirit, you are with us. Make us aware of your presence. And as we sit here, perhaps your mind is being taken away to other things. Why don't you just take a moment to just notice that and then bring it back to right now. Bring your awareness back to this moment. And say, God, Father, would you show each of us what it is you want us to be doing with our time, with our energy? Perhaps this is something that we already know, but God, we choose to go deeper into that awareness right now. time you've felt God's presence in a long time just breathe it in and say thank you God thank you God thank you Lord that you didn't you didn't spend your time distracted from your main mission that you went out and you did What you were called to do and because of that we know you we have the opportunity to know you and we thank you for that father would that be the case in our lives as well make us aware of your presence help us to be aware of the moments where we need to just take some time out and be with you give us those wilderness moments lord where we're so aware of your presence And make us aware, God, of what it is you want us to do. Thank you for your presence, God. Amen. I want to encourage you to go to that place one time this week. Just one time this week. Maybe it's a brave thing that you need to do. You're like, okay, I'm going to choose to do this. But just one time this week, go find yourself a spot. Go into that wilderness place and just bring yourself into it and become aware of the presence of God there. The beauty of God is that we're never away from his presence, that we can invite him there with us. We can say, God, I need you, and he's right there for us every time. But this is my challenge to you this week. Go out. Go to that isolated place. Spend some time in it. See what happens. That's it. Just see what happens. Watch watch what happens. That is my prayer for you today, that you will know that. And we're going to finish our service being led in that new song by our team. And I'm going to invite you to stand with us and just respond in this moment through these words. Thank you, Jess.